Welcome to the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Bob. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and today we'll be talking about Thomas Was Alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to leave that one in, Tom. That's oh, all good, you good. That's, 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 that's good. <laughs> Too late now. Um, okay, uh, back on topic. Uh, today we'll be talking about Thomas Was Alone. A uh, story about cubes trying to make their way onto the internet? Is that kind of an accurate plot? Uh, yeah. Cliff notes? Well, not, in not initially. I don't think they, the cubes know they're trying to do that. They're just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on because they're stuck in this world that is turned against them. And they're just trying to get out. Yeah, so for those who haven't heard of Thomas Was Alone, it's a platforming game with a narration effectively you jump in this very blocky world think blockier than minecraft all your protagonists in this game are cubes everything is cubes in the game you're just jumping around trying to get to the end of the level which is a rectangle that isn't filled in a white rectangle outline is that accurate it's basically a portal yeah for yeah, yeah. your cube that you're playing as or your rectangle that you're playing in and that's basically the mechanics the cubes can some cubes can jump higher some cubes can cause other cubes to bounce some can float in water some have a motherfucking jet pack but <laughs> at the end of the day it's jumping and getting to the portals and that's the game so yeah yeah i i just did all the mechanics without doing any spoilers that that's literally like all the game <laughs> I feel like on our show, we pretty much should just, I, I would say we should do spoiler alert, but really this, this is always going to be a spoiler alert. So yeah. if you have the game always. and you don't want to know, then stop, go play the damn game. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way we can talk about this any other way. We're going to do a deep dive on Thomas was alone. And honestly, I just let you know all the mechanics. If that doesn't interest you, then maybe the narrative is, and you'll probably want to listen anyway. But the basic part of this game is jumping and using the ability of the cube to get to the end of the game. It's, it's it. kind of a unique game in that it's a platformer, but it's a puzzle game. And neither of those elements are super challenging. There are a lot of games that are much more difficult to play in either category. This one is a fairly easy play, although I think Devin might somewhat disagree with me on that but well, uh <laughs> most people i think will find it really easy to play <laughs> yeah so unless you're uncoordinated like me in which case <laughs> it might be a little difficult for you yeah i have some and thoughts on that but <laughs> and it's got it's got a narrative element as well that is it's all it's a kind of a very lightweight game because there's no single element of the game is super challenging or super overpowering it's all just kind of very subtle I'd say it's kind of a relaxing game. Don't expect a crazy challenge when playing this game. That's not why you would play it. Unless you're Devin. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Woof. Oh, oh, no, I, 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 I am sure that if you like, because I'm, I'm assuming you don't play very many platformers, is that? I, I, I don't play that many platformers, no. And I don't have anything against them. I'm just not very good at yeah. them. <laughs> and, it, and that's like yeah everyone everyone has a shtick that they're better at and yeah it's it's just uh 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a I think if you had time to play it, you'd have you'd be fine. Yeah, it's really pretty easy. So yeah, it's it, not too bad. The the one little caveat that I will put in on this is the game will subtly change the angle of the level effectively. So it's never just the plane of the level is even with the plane of your screen. It puts it at a slight angle on every level. So if yep. you don't know how to compensate for that, the game will be very painful to play because you'll be like, why am I not jumping straight up? Well, you are jumping straight up according to the game, but straight up isn't yeah. straight up on your screen. Yeah, and I actually didn't notice that as I was playing. Like, before we started recording, Chandler brought that up, and I was like, oh, that probably explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a very and I don't, subtle thing. And, it, and it, I don't think it affects the way that the squares move. I think that they move as though they're level, but the screen is tilted. But I'm not sure. It definitely does. Um, as soon as I, like, noticed that, I couldn't unnotice it. And I noticed the boxes would jump at that slight angle and it made the game artificially difficult at huh. least that's how i was perceiving it maybe that was just me mm -hmm. being ocd and i was like why is my head tilted on on my laptop no my lap isn't that uneven i feel like <laughs> i feel like my dog here trying to figure out what's what's going on on tv with the head cocked but, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i I wonder if there's that might be a, also a difference in just the way that like some people's heads work because I noticed that the levels were tilted, but I think my brain just sort of automatically adjusted for it, and I it, I never really I was like consciously aware that the screen had a, a minor tilt to it, but it never affected me. If that I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but oh, um, no, it... I think my brain just kind of compensated and went, oh okay, level is slightly tilted. Cool, I'm good. It totally did fuck with me. Like, I'll be honest, that slight amount of tilt was, like, really obnoxious. And it actually oh, yeah. distracted me from the fact that every cube on screen was actually adding to the mu music track. Wasn't that cool? Wait, uh, what? You didn't notice I didn't that? notice that. Oh, uh -uh. okay. So another mechanic, I'll put mechanic in quotes here, is that the music in the game is entirely representative of the amount of cubes that you have to control on a given level. So huh. when you have the levels where there's like a half dozen boxes on the screen, it's really distracting. That was when, if you're watching me in the discord, that's when I put like, Oh, the music and Thomas was alone. And then ear bleeding <laughs> because I was I on one of those level. Yeah. I saw that you said that, and it kind of confused me because I was—I I thought the music was just phenomenal. I thought that um, you were mentioning like that it was so repetitive, but it was later that I noticed. I was like, "Wait, wait! I think I understand." Uh, also, nobody can see this, but uh, on Discord, Thomas just opened up. Thomas was alone. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I didn't know I was going to report that. I was like. I have to see this. <laughs> I know. I just, I, you said what? And then all of a sudden it says Tamikaze playing Thomas was alone. And I was like, <laughs> that's uh, cheating. He didn't finish the game until he started talking. <laughs> I, I have beaten the game twice. I think I'm the only one here that has, but it, and full delay. disclosure, Tom is the one that actually suggested yes. we talk about this. So I'm just giving him a hard time. 
about it. Yeah. I played this a, a few years ago. I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. And I just was blown away by how completely complicated and intriguing and how how good the narrative was on a game that is just literally boxes scrolling across a screen and jumping. Like, it's the simplest concept for a game that you can pretty much imagine, and they put a ton of depth into it. And I was just blown away by it back then, and so I hadn't played it since then, but I, I beat it again before playing this podcast, and I still think it's a great game. And I made them play it too, so, yeah. you know. I'm just going to go over kind of like a cliff notes of the story. Yes. Yes, so, please do. The beginning of Thomas Was Alone starts with the quote, Thomas Was Alone. Wow. A weird first thought to have. And that kind of sets the tone for the entire rest of the game. Because while you're doing all the platforming in each and every level, there's a narrator that has probably one of the most sultry English accents I have heard in a long time. I'm not oh, sure yeah. which part of the UK he's from, but ooh, God, does that make my panties wet. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's narrating the whole situation, and the narrator kind of goes through and explains why you should be caring about these blocks jumping into the portals. The narrator basically goes through and says, oh, Thomas was alone. Then you go to the next level, and then, or you use another block, and the next character's name is, I think, Chris. And Chris doesn't like Tom, and after a few more levels, you kind of get the, the narrator saying, oh yeah, Chris can use Thomas to get what he wants to do. And then later in the game, you end up with another one that they call John. And John's a tall rectangle that can jump really high. And he's kind of like a show-off, is how the narrator describes him. Keep in mind that none of the boxes are doing any sort of emoting other than what the narrator is saying they're doing. And the narrator isn't exactly explaining. The narrator is telling you a story. Right. Yeah. Like the narrator, like as obviously describing things, but the narrator is telling a story. And like you said, nothing is happening on screen other than you making the boxes jump on the platforms to do what they need to do. Otherwise, you know, the, the narration is there that's giving color and life to these blocks on a screen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the point. Like, I'm probably not going to talk a huge amount about the story because it is something if you're interested in the story of like, how can I be interested in this block having a character, then you'll probably want to at least try playing like the first yeah. 10, 12 levels. They're really short, I assure you. Yeah. Um, but that'll kind of give you a flavor for the re how the rest of the game plays. But the kind of the overarching story of Thomas was alone was Thomas finally makes it to this mythical light that all the other blocks have kind of been talking about and sees what's on the other side. And throughout the game, you get these interstitials about our, an R and D lab that was working with an AI. And through that, you can kind of connect the dots and see, Oh, Thomas and all of his friends are actually the AIs trying to come to terms with what they are and how they're being tested and eventually how they open up the world so they can explore it, like, i.e. get onto the internet 
and sacrifice themselves to make other AIs able to experience the same thing in a more interesting way. So it's kind of like a generational story almost. Mm -hmm. Because towards the end of the game, you actually don't even see Thomas at all anymore. Arguably the main character of the game. Like he just kind of gets removed from the story and you're playing with what ends up sounding like the second generation of the AIs after Mm -hmm. the first generation has made something or of their world rather. So that's kind of like a cliff notes of this story and what really sells it. And I'm going to stress this. What really sells it is the narrator. Yes. Yes. Because the game is about the narrator. Let's be honest here. The boxes are boxes, but the narrator telling the story is like sitting down with one of your friends that you just love to hear them tell stories about whatever. Oh yeah. They, they picked up a melon at the market today. Yes. I will listen to that story because I love the way you tell stories. Yes. Tell me about the melon shopping. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Tell me how you carved it into an ocarina. (laughs) And then played Smash Mouth upon it. Upon <laughs> it. Yeah, it's exactly like that. So I'm going to separate the game itself from the polish that they put into the game. Now, that's kind of being unfair from a designer perspective because the game and the polish is the game. But the mechanics of the game are incredibly simple. I, we're talking jumping. And a few interesting changes on jumping. That's it. And the rest of it is entirely polish. Mm -hmm. So the polish of the game is all of the music that they added, all of this narration, which let's be honest here is the meat of the polish. And that's what makes this game so special. To me, this is a really good case study of a game that shows even with programmer art, you can make an interesting game as long as you can compensate in some other way. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to like yeah. jump all over that, but still. No, no, I, I I agree with basically everything that you said. It's and I think it's it's also kind of an interesting like case study in in how simple a game can be and be good. You don't need a lot of complicated graphics. You don't need a super complicated story. You don't need the most complicated of mechanics. You just need to have the right combination of those things to make something interesting. Absolutely. Um, I would kind of push against, uh, you originally said, you know, you don't need complicated stuff to make a game good. And I would say a better word there is is interesting or compelling. Like, how yeah. how do you get, you have a screen full of blocks, how do you get your player to go left to right, like you do in platformers, jumping when it's just blocks? Well, right. you make the player care about these blocks and tell them in, in the medium of the narrator that these blocks have inner lives and desires and dreams and hopes and fears. And it makes you want to move from left to right or from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen or vice versa to get them where they're going and yeah. it's so simple like it's just all they needed like you don't need like you said you don't need something super flashy to be able to make someone want to play the game right yeah. absolutely yeah it's actually pretty surprising how 
I don't know how interesting this game could be because I, I would say that if if it weren't for the fact that these little blocks have these little storylines and little personalities and and things to kind of make them compelling, this game would not really be any more complicated than some of the games that Google gives you when like the internet is out. <laughs> it's oh, like the 404 T Rex game. I love that. Uh, I love that game too. It's great, but it's not a complicated game. <laughs> no. no, it's an infinite runner. Yep. But I mean, that's yeah. the thing is it's like, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't do any one thing extremely well. What it does is it combines a whole bunch of things extremely well. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I want to kind of separate the polish from the game itself. I agree yeah. with you. Like, yeah. The developer was smart enough to kind of recognize the importance of polish and something game developers call juice, which is... Hmm the game feel or how it, yes how you experience the game it's not limited to like the explosions or the particles when you take a step or anything like that or how something slightly squishes when it's jumping before it like releases that's all part of juice but juice is more encompassing than that it includes like the music the narration yeah, what are what are you as a player feeling at that moment? Not just that something's satisfying, but do you feel sad? Do you feel excited? Do you feel afraid? How are you engaging with the text, right? Yeah, exactly. The, the, tec the text, quote, quote, the text. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's a text. <laughs> if we were talking about something other than games, I think this would technically be called user experience. But since we're talking yeah. about games, I, it, juice the, is better. The, the term is juice. Juice. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and this game is very juicy because of that. Yeah, it is. I like when you were saying about like it's not limited to just how things feel in the game. But I was when you said that, I thought of the pink block that bounces. Like other blocks can bounce off of her. Like Claire blocks have. You know, <laughs> Tom's like I have the emotional connection to that block. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, but um, like she, yes, <laughs> she's well. I mean, you know, because like and 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 she kind of bows inward when a block bounces off of her like a trampoline and i noticed that and i was like oh my gosh they didn't have to do that i would have got the idea but they did they animated it where there's that slight bowing in and then it's the like oh too. oh yeah and then bowing out like just like a trampoline um and, and, and you notice that as you're playing and you just go oh my goodness like these blocks are interacting with one another like they actually and then when you come you know you you feel that you know in the gameplay and then you feel that in a different way in her story where you know she's not entirely certain like what? she can't really do much except get people to bounce off of her but then you know as you go on she's like oh I'm here for a purpose. I can help people. I can do things, even though I can only do one thing. And it's mostly other people doing something to me. I mean, in the con <laughs> context of the you know game as these blocks. I have one job on this ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. Well, and it's also, it's kind of interesting. One thing that I noticed is that like, all of the blocks' personalities are clearly based on their ability. Like, yeah. like you said, Claire, the little pink, like yes. short one, who is yeah. one of my favorites. I love Claire to pieces. 
Which, by the way, the fact that I'm saying that about a freaking box should tell you that the storytelling is good. Like, yeah. you really do kind of get a little bit of a connection to these little boxes. Yeah. This, um, this narrator could sell us a bridge, is what he said. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In any case, yeah, she, she has like a complex. And I think Devin and I were talking about this earlier where, uh, before the show. So sorry about it. No context, guys. But <laughs> we were talking about how like she gets kind of, she's worried that she's just, is she just being used? Because like the only purpose that she has in life is for people to jump on her. Yep. <laughs> and that's like kind of tragic but she like accepts the fact that she is you know has an important job to do and that the other blocks yeah. would not be able to do anything without her and and not just that but when we meet her all of the blocks that jumped off of her they left her and she never saw them again oh yeah i but forgot then about later that on when she starts to see that she has an ability that helps people it's because the other blocks aren't leaving her behind they're helping her move forward too so that's right uh ah! just just for clarity uh claire no is the yeah yeah claire is actually ah. the big uh blue box Oh, you're right. Oh, and oh, Laura oh. is the flat, Laura. Per, uh, flat pink box. Yes. Talking about Laura, the flat pink trampoline box. Yeah. Although Claire is probably my favorite of all of them. Claire is really awesome. She has like the complete opposite story. Like she has one thing that she can do, and that is she doesn't melt in water. And she embraces the fact that people walk over her or jump over her to get to the other side. And she's like, I have a fucking superpower. I am amazing. Look at all. She can't jump for shit. She, you know, all these things, but she's like, I am awesome. I can help people. And that's what like, ah, they're just, it's really interesting. And you get these details by the narrator saying, you know, Claire was blah, blah, blah. Like reading you an audiobook while you're looking at this blue square or Laura was wondering why the hell she's here because everyone leaves her maybe there's something wrong with her how long before these blocks leave her you know like you just get the story as you go as you're like as you the player are also going okay i need to get from here to the little portal block things with everyone and it's a puzzle yeah. but the story is being told as you go through the level and so you come to care about these blocks and getting them to where they need to go and yeah if you end up playing this game without any audio, it will still give the text on the screen in a mildly yeah. obnoxious UI sort of way where it'll change with where the position of the box you're moving is. But yeah. you'll lose the the richness of the story because of that. Yeah. I have a question, actually, for you guys about how you felt about the, like the way that the sub the subtitles for the text was in like in the ui like it wasn't like subtitles just at the bottom of the screen it was almost as if the narration was diegetic within the story like it wasn't you know it, outside of the story it wasn't just oh here's for the player it was like it, it felt like it was part of yeah it felt like these characters possibly were also hearing the narrative like they're writing the narrative like it's not just the stories being told to you or whatever but it was there in the narrative the whole time like it's part of the story diegetic non-diegetic like for example people who maybe are not 
familiar with that. Uh, think Hi. about it like a, think <laughs> about it like a, yay, <laughs> high five. <laughs> Uh, to make this make sense so that's you know diegetic diegesis is like within the world of the story and so diegetic would be something in the story non-diegetic would be something outside of the story and so for example in a film the soundtrack for a film is non-diegetic like the characters are not hearing this unless you know it's a song that's on the radio like you know how sometimes movies have the song playing and then it kind of kind of fades in and then it's like playing on the radio or something as a character you know the, the, the camera pans out on a character sitting you know at the bar or something you know like that goes from being non-diegetic music to being diegetic music and so hmm. um with the narrative here usually narration is at least you know when it's not a character voiceover like in a noir which would be like the character is actually telling you the audience Part of the story even though you're watching what passed or something right um but usually a narration like that would be non-diegetic you know subtitles would be non-diegetic you know the characters in their world don't see the text that's only for us to read the subtitles but the way that the subtitles were in the game uh, the text of the narration is it felt like it was within the story that the hmm. other the blocks could see slash hear the narration and i wasn't sure if that was just here's a cool little ui thing we wanted to do with the subtitles or if it actually was intended to be considered as diegetic as the story within the story telling the story that the characters in the story get that also players no I, and huh. i want to know what you think about that that's a that's actually a really good point um the ui from a strictly cynical standpoint the text moving around with the characters drove me nuts because it was always agreeing but yeah in the lens that you just kind of pointed out that is actually a good point it did make it feel like the boxes were more tied to the story than just having it down at the bottom so it is actually a good idea to have the text following it around the implementation is kind of rough but it does get that across in a very distinct manner now that i look back using that lens no i think you're right yeah i'm i mean obviously i'm playing the game as we speak so <laughs> it's uh can it confirm is... it still says playing thomas <laughs> yes <laughs> i just met claire she's wonderful anyway i think if they had done it in a way where the text wasn't rearranging itself to fit on the screen if they maybe it's kind of interesting so so for those of you that haven't played the game what it does is as the box moves this little there's like a little bar and then the text is on one side of that bar and that bar stays in exactly the same position proportional to the character no matter what is happening so if the character jumps the bar stays stationary but the text on the side of the bar will shrink and expand based on the borders of the screen and so, yeah, it's very hard, especially because there are times when the text will come up while you're playing the game and are in a fairly difficult puzzle. And so you're trying to read the text, but you're also, some of these puzzles are time sensitive. So you're like jumping and like frantically moving from place to place and losing your spot in the text as you're trying to play the game. And I don't know, it is an interesting choice that they decided to keep the, the bar in the same place proportional to the character when they probably could have just made the text move around the character in a way where it doesn't transform so you can keep reading it but it is also visible at all times and i don't know if there's a, if that was intentional and there was like a good reason for that or not well 
there's also the tension of having that text there the whole time of okay yes i am playing this game but this story i'm into this story now uh do i move do i wait for the narrator to finish what he's saying and keep playing or do i go to the portal and go to the next level so right it's kind yeah, of I... like a break for certain levels like this level is only mm. going to be like three seconds long unless you want to listen to the narrator yeah, there's, I found myself several times actually replaying levels because I didn't realize that the narrator was going to like disappear if I if I stopped. So, yeah, yeah I had to like sit there and wait for it to finish. And I think that's a kind of a clever trick for the developer to do that simply because the narrator does kind of provide a narrative break for the game so you're not consuming it too quickly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, just for context, the developer and publisher of this game is Mike Bithell uh, from hmm. Curve Digital. Uh, he's That's the company that did the console ports. But uh, Mike Bithell actually did the PC release on his own. Oh. I believe it was a crowdfunding game of some sort. Interesting. And the game came out in 2012. I don't know if we've gone over that. Yeah, we totally like missed all of this, and I'll probably do an editor's <laughs> note at the beginning. But um, we got yeah, so excited we kind of, about we the kind game. of like threw our normal like like way we do things just out the window. Yeah, we got. We don't need to do things normal. We got thoughts right. about these feels. Notes. What what are notes? Who cares about notes? There are only feelings. There is no Dana. Only Zool. Yeah. Oh my god pretty much um but yeah so like you can kind of tell by how much we want to talk about the game itself that the narrative of the game is compelling enough even though it's simpler than mario to be honest that yeah you know we actually wanted to talk about how we felt about this game despite not giving credit to mike Bethel <laughs> about his game <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Sorry if you're listening. If you're Sorry, listening. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I mean, hopefully our enthusiasm makes up for that faux pas. Eh, eh, maybe. Maybe. Right. Hopefully. Hopefully someone <laughs> Definitely this and not. thinks, I'm going to go pick up that game and I'm going to play it because I want to know how the hell you can feel things about just colored blocks on a screen. Yeah, and exactly. It depends on how much you really are willing to suspend your disbelief like any good movie will um yeah because as a developer i went into the game kind of looking mechanics first and i never really got attached to any of the characters so i was like oh that's kind of an interesting story he's telling here but what how do i get this block over there yeah it was a complete <laughs> disconnect in my brain like the only thing that really got to me was the music and the uh, screen tilt, both of which because they were causing discomfort for me in a very mechanical way, not necessarily narratively. So if you don't get sucked into movies or stories, this game will probably feel a little flat to you. But yeah. It, even if you do feel disconnected from it, it does tell a good story outside of the game. Because I went into it immediately looking for the narrative and being like, what's the story? How are you going to make me care? 
and and then I find myself, you know, where I, I'm not coordinated enough. I'm struggling against the mechanics going, I just, I just want to get these blocks to their portals. I need to know what happens to them. <laughs> I just, I need to know. I need to make sure they get out. I want them to realize their lives and be their best selves. <laughs> yeah. Which Why is... are the mechanics getting my in my way? I need to know. I need to make sure my friends are okay. <laughs> yeah. What happened, Thomas? <laughs> Which is a, a funny way to view this game. Like different yeah. perspectives on this, and yes. it still worked for both of us. Like, yeah. I, when I was done with the game, I wasn't like, "Oh, thank God, this is over. Now I can talk about it." It was, "This game's over." I have some thoughts on it. I want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like, Oh, any of the other games that we've played where my first reaction was, what the fuck? <laughs> what yeah. is this? Why did Why I do is this? this? Like this? Yeah. Who wrote this? <laughs> this is broken. <laughs> yeah. No, this game does not do this. Well, I think it's part of the reason that I wanted to go over this in the podcast is because when I played this a number of years ago when and it was i don't think it was 2012 i missed that train but um the game was newer anyway my initial thought when i played it was like wow this is so different from any other game that i've ever played in that it's not that it's really that revolutionary nothing about it is super revolutionary but it just i don't know how to explain it other than it feels different than most games it's compelling there's something yes. compelling about it and the yes the level of polish in it is unfortunately a lot higher than the level of polish that you would typically see in such a starter difficulty style game because keep in mind this is probably an early game that mike developed in unity and he's like oh well i can't do art but i can make a compelling story out of it and (laughs) i have a really great idea for uh i can't art for shit but you know what if if we if we have a really good narrator probably don't need good art and he was right absolutely (laughs) right totally right in fact i would even make the argument that the art in this game is more compelling as a result of that like Ah. it's very artsy you know it's not a yes very very minimalist artwork yes i see the post yeah. i see the postmodernism in it <laughs> yeah. i can make that joke damn it i paid for that degree. you can but the, the sort of pseudo trump uh delivery was really funny wow confusing too <laughs> <laughs> it still works uh, still works oh thomas died Uh, (laughs) that was yeah thomas is gonna die a lot especially if you don't know how to jump over water yeah yes very very much um but yeah it 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 was kind of interesting i remember when i finished this game the first time i one of the things that i thought was like as soon as i finished i was like oh my god oh my god i have to tell people about this I, i i want people to experience this i need to talk to people about this because it's just so I don't know. It's got that that factor that's kind of hard to explain. Like you said, it's it's compelling, yeah. and um, so yeah, I I I don't know why it took me so long to like realize that we should we should totally do this one. But it 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 really is a pretty <laughs> cool game. Do you guys have no. anything else? <laughs> oh, I uh, I think I covered what I wanted to talk about. Oh, I 
most of what I wanted to say was the polish is great. The game I was detached from because of the narrative and the mechanics not quite meshing for me, but I can see where the connection could be made for other people, like, yeah. especially like Devin, who are looking for more of a narrative in a game. Whereas yeah. I play games for the mechanics, so yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, your mileage is gonna vary vary depending on uh, how you play games, how you approach them, and what your interests are in them as well. Absolutely. And I was gonna say, I the other thing, and I don't, I, I think I may have more or less already covered it, but one of the things I had in this was, it, it's kind of an interesting game in that it makes you feel good when you play it. At least it did for me. Again, it's fairly easy. All the all the levels you can kind of blitz through for the most part. I'm sure there's probably a huge community of people that are uh, doing speed runs on this game. There, there's speed uh, runners for Mist. I would be shocked if there weren't speed runners for Thomas Was Alone. <laughs> right. This, yeah, yeah. It lends itself to speed runs like perfectly. So it would be crazy not to. But it's kind of interesting because you can kind of blitz through it. There's going to be a couple of levels where you're going to get a little hung up for a while because some of the puzzles are are a little bit challenging and it'll take you a little while to kind of figure them out but the, none of them are going to be like the head scratching banging your head against a desk like levels of frustration it's always just going to be kind of it gets you right up to that edge where you're kind of like huh how how do i and then you play with it for a little while and one of the reviews i read of the game had a really good way of putting it he said if you get stuck most things you can brute force your way through it. You can just ex experiment, 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 and then accidentally solve the puzzle yourself. I could see and, that. Yeah. 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 And I thought, yeah, I think he's right. And that's actually kind of nice because, again, I know for puzzle, I enjoy puzzle games. Um, like, I really enjoyed Portal and Portal 2, but I don't like getting frustrated in puzzle games. I like puzzle games that, that push you right up to that edge of, like, yeah. you have to think about it but it's totally solvable. And especially, I really like it when there's more than one solution. And this game yes. is full of that. Um, it's really good about that. Yeah, I I agree with that, like, wholeheartedly, because I wasn't frustrated with the puzzles. I was frustrated with not being able to do the mechanics, like, to get the button presses to work correctly for me like and that's just a me thing that's not even necessarily the game thing and so yeah because the puzzles weren't really that frustrating to me and like i never really like even when i was like what like the only times i think i was really frustrated was when i realized that you could put a block on top of another block and then have both blocks jump alternately to get a lower jumping block up higher by jumping off of a jumping block I know oh, yeah. tried that. <laughs> and I thought that that was interesting. Well, at first I thought, well, that's a little cheap. Like, I've never had to do that before. And then I thought about it and went, I bet there's a story reason for this. Yep. Yeah. And then and then you met Laura. <laughs> yeah. And then, exactly. And so it was like, oh, I see. I see, I see, I see. So, yeah. So, like, because with Laura, it makes total sense that you jump off of her. That's, like, her purpose as a block. But, like, you know, it just was, like, when I was having to do it with, like, you know, Thomas and Chris, it was like, I uh, What? The game never said that that was a thing I had to do. And then I was like, oh, wait, but there's a story reason for this. Like, these are the blocks helping each other out and and things. And then the puzzles are solvable. And so here's the other thing that I will mention, too, is yeah. I noticed when I was reading some of the reviews, there was a, someone that, that reviewed it and said, I liked the game, but there's one particular section where you have to, like, 
jump one block and then switch to another block and jump off of that block and switch to this other block. And they're like, I just couldn't get the timing down. It was too difficult. Yeah. yeah and, and what I immediately thought and what someone else immediately commented about on there was that never happens. You never need to do that. There's a different solution. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, well, I, fuck I, me. I never ran into that because most of it was yep. pretty static. I was like, oh, okay. Well, if I stack them like this way, then I can make it work. Well, again, it's a me problem, not a mechanics problem. <laughs> well, no, and, no, but it, it's it more. I think it goes back more to the idea that there's more than one way to solve the, the puzzle. Because I remember the first time I played it, there was one particular level where I was totally convinced. And I couldn't tell you where it was. But when I read this comment, it like flashbacked for me. I was like, oh, yeah. But there was one particular puzzle where I was completely convinced I needed to do that. And I struggled to get through that level. I did eventually solve it using that method. But that was the wrong method. <laughs> that wasn't the intended way. I never ran into that problem on my second playthrough. I don't know where that was, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> so um but it does kind of go back to the idea that there really is more than one way in fact i even i, I had a couple levels where I, I had to go back and play it again and i forget exactly what it was but i had to go back and play it again and i realized that yeah there there were there were two totally separate solutions that were equally valid um just one was harder than the other one yeah so um yeah you'll you'll run into that a lot in the game but i think that's actually good i, I prefer that Puzzles with multiple solutions are not easy to make. And no. Especially when it's using such limited mechanics to make the game so interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Strongly recommend this game. It's a very quick playthrough. I mean, I've been playing it while we've been talking. And obviously, I, I don't think I sound super distracted. In fact, if anything, this is helping me stay on topic because I'm able to <laughs> um that's fair but <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how fast you can play through it i would imagine it's uh, what would you guys say maybe if you're speed running it probably like 35 minutes if you're listening to yeah. the narrator probably about an hour and a half i was gonna say between an hour and a half two hours yeah, yeah i think that's fair i'm probably halfway through it already so <laughs> it's pretty simple yeah it's um, there's not a whole lot to it but if you're it's not going to be a game that you go back to play for the challenge. It's going to be a game you go back to play for the narrative. And Tom is definitely showing us that rationale. Cause as soon as he got to Claire, he's like, Oh man, I love this box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's also a game that is just kind of fun. It's like I said, it's relaxing. It's kind of low key. It's not super difficult. It's not something you're going to have to spend a ton of time I don't know, in, or a ton of investment on. And uh, that kind of has its own allure. It's a good just time killer or something to do with your hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not quite as relaxing as the Untitled Goose game is in terms of relaxation games. Because personally, for me, the Untitled Goose game had just childish joy. <laughs> and yeah. Thomas is alone kind of had the stressful moments to it which as long as you're aware of those it's great 
but the relaxing parts of it aren't going to be when you have a whole lot of things on screen and the audio's like, oh, you have six boxes on screen. Guess what? You have six different audio tracks playing right now. Oh, <laughs> that was rough. That was rough I, for me. I don't know if I noticed that. I'm not sure if I had my audio turned all the way up. I must not have been paying very close attention. Yeah, if you don't have the music on, that's one of the small touches of polish yeah. that they put in where the a number of boxes that you have in a given play field will determine the number of audio tracks. So literally every box has its own audio track, which yep. is an interesting idea, mostly because that's something we kind of attribute to like old school RPGs like lufia's theme or whatever from final fantasy oh yeah i never even made that connection you're yeah. right so it's kind of smuggling that unconscious connection with characters in through the music as well but oof, when hmm. you get too many of them on oh my ears start bleeding but <laughs> i was also playing with the music all the way up on my laptop and oh that yeah. would do it yeah so I was like, oh, yeah, that's... yeah, I'm hearing all of this right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which I... probably maybe speakers are also not the best thing to enjoy music from anyway. So that couldn't have helped. Uh, no, no, that didn't help at all. But that, <laughs> that being said, the, the music did get to me. And that that was the end of the evening for me for playing that game. <laughs> I'm going to come back to this one with a little fresher and try again. But that's like my worst gripe about it and that's a pretty soft gripe let's be honest it's not yeah me complaining about the huge plot point in the third act or anything like that so yeah fucking third acts man <laughs> isn't that the truth yeah uh i think that's about all i had to say about the game how about you guys yeah that's fair uh yeah i think I, I think i said everything that i wanted to say Okay, well, let's do some plugs. Uh, where can people find you, Devin? You can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, twitch.tv at uh, Lady Merowith. And you can watch her suck at video games on Twitch. Yes, it come is by and, man. Come by and watch me be really bad at video games. Oh, Just it's platformers. <laughs> it is all of the games I am bad at. <laughs> oh, it is glorious. I, I am. I'm not a paid promoter here, but ooh, that is that is some solid gaming. <laughs> it's great. Like just oh, come come you. come watch. It's great. Just join us in the chat. Ooh, fantastic. Yes. yes, I have a fun I have a fun chat. They uh they say things and they say more things and and we all laugh. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. That was quite the description. All right. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> how about you tom where can people find you i'm on twitter now i've been converted or infected or or whatever i'm on twitter instagram and youtube all as tamakaze and that's t-o-m-a-k-z-e and i do a lot of car stuff i'm i'm a i'm a, a gamer by uh uh hobby but not profession yes <laughs> no, i was like i don't know how to put this exactly but yeah that's a that's a succinct way of saying it yeah. <laughs> so but yeah oh cool um and people can you? 
find me on Twitter as JC Siron. Uh, that's J C S I R R O N. I usually just rant about various video game things that cross my mind, crack bad programming jokes and stuff like that. Well, nerd. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to let that nerd <laughs> flag fly. Um, <laughs> once again, we're the, uh, God damn it. try to, once again, we're the, uh, try three. <laughs> once again, we're the adventure Mom. mechanics. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. Mop. <laughs>